Welcome, listeners, to episode number 20 of the Andrew Food for Thought podcast. Today, I'm joined by my good friend and college roommate, uh, Andy Chan. Andy is uh, joining us from Hong Kong. We're recording this episode over the phone. And today, Andy's going to be mostly talking about some of the restaurants and the food around Hong Kong. A little bit about uh, background on Andy. Uh, This past year, he uh, got married. His wedding was this past September, and I was uh, fortunate to be able to travel out to Hong Kong and be there during that time. Um, So we were able to uh, go to a few of the restaurants that we're going to be discussing on today's podcast. To start off, we're going to feature a restaurant in Hong Kong called Eleven Westside. It's located on the west side of Hong Kong Island over near Kennedy Town. Um, so Andy, I'll go ahead and let you explain why you chose to feature 11 Westside today. All right. Well, hey, everyone. My name is Andy. Uh, first of all, you know, I like how Andrew just mentioned he came, he was in Hong Kong last year. Just to put it into context, you know, we have been now in Indiana and uh, in California and now in Hong Kong together. And it is, in a way, quite crazy that we, we have been able to go to so many places already um, in the world together. Um, so I, I look forward to trying out more food with Andrew, obviously, moving forward, uh, maybe in other countries as well. For my restaurant, I'm going to talk about 11 West Side. 11 West Side is a Mexican restaurant in Hong Kong in Kennedy Town. It is quite special uh, from the atmosphere to the vibe um, to the food offering. It makes the restaurant really unique because they hired a chef from Mexico and the chef has also been on Netflix cooking show, The Final Table. And so he adds his own twist to the amazing Mexican cuisine. So every single time you go in, not only do you have a good time, but you actually have some good food as well. And man, perfect combination, right? It sounds perfect. That That's what you got to go for. Uh, it's important to have good food, but it's even it makes it that much better when you can have good food and enjoy the atmosphere that you're in. Um, so I'm curious, um, you mentioned 11 West side, it's a Mexican restaurant in Hong Kong. Um, you probably wouldn't expect to see a lot of Mexican restaurants in Hong Kong. So give us a little background, like what neighborhood is it in? Um, are there other Mexican restaurants around it or even around the city? Are you able to find many other, um, Mexican restaurants? Well, Hong Kong is a pretty international city. I would say that there's a significant portion of expats living in the city and, Therefore, in Hong Kong, it is quite easy to find this national cuisine. But uh, with that said, though, Mexican is kind of a rare find because, number one, there aren't that many uh, Mexicans in Hong Kong. Number two, the ingredients they use for Mexican food is quite hard to find. So I, I assume the cost to transport the, not only the raw materials, but the different ingredients and sauces here might be quite expensive. So as a result, there aren't that many restaurant, Mexican restaurants in Hong Kong. I would say there are about a dozen of them in Hong Kong, 12, 10 to 12. And I could say that less than half of them uses corn tortillas. Um, to me, that is a very important element. But hey, 11 West Side has it, and 11 West Side is at a place called Kennedy Town. This area, Kennedy Town, is known for its expats living. So there are a lot of expats living in Kennedy Town. So overall, the neighborhood in itself is quite international. So it makes sense that 11 West Side decided to open a restaurant there. And how about the menu at 11 West Side? Like, what are some of the featured items on the menu? And let's say that you and I were going to meet up with some friends and go to 11 West Side for a dinner. 
what would be the thing that you would be ordering or maybe the thing that you would recommend for others to try if they've never been to Levin Westside before? So their menus, their menu only has two pages. It is nice and simple because they don't want to crowd you with a billion choices. Um, so there are four play, uh, four things, starters, tacos, uh, kind of your main dishes and your sweets. And whenever we go in, whenever we bring a friend, we actually do this experiment where we ask the waitress, oh, what do you recommend us to, to try? As it's our first time. Um, we do this to a lot of restaurants just so we know why did they send a congruent message? Because the problem with some restaurants is, you know, on day one, they might tell you, oh, today, oh, this, this, this dish is popular. And, but when you go there with another friend, they tell you, oh, this other dish is popular. Um, so we, we ask this question every single time when we go there and they always point us to two things. Uh, the first thing is the guac. Uh, they, they freshly make their guacamole right in front of you. And the second is their tacos, of course. So I haven't had the opportunity to go to 11 Westside before. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, you and I went to a few restaurants last year in September uh, when I was in Hong Kong for a week. So I thought it would be fun to, to go back and uh, talk through some of those restaurants that, that we experienced. Uh, one that stood out to me uh, was Lin Hyung Tea House. Um, which was an old tea house located in uh, Central and a place that you can get dim sum as well. Uh, so how would you describe uh, Lin Young Tea House? Like, like, what is it like there? And uh, maybe what, why was that one of the restaurants um, you really thought that I should see when I was in Hong Kong? Uh, Lin Hang Restaurant is one of the oldest restaurants out there. It is a classic Cantonese style um, for... All, all of your references in, in China. China is quite big. Um, so different province and or different states, if you will, different states will have and different regions will have different type of cuisine. And in Hong Kong is in what we call the Cantor region or the south, I'll say southeast uh, part of China. And the food in Hong Kong is more lightly seasoned I was, uh, that's the word that i would use uh, a lot of a lot of our food are steamed and, and and there are a lot of things or the dishes that we eat is called dim sum and what this Lin Hang restaurant offers is they offer a lot of dim sum that you could just choose from so what they'll do is they'll put they'll push out a cart and the cart will be full of dim sums maybe 10 or 8 of them and if you like something you just ask uh, the person that is on the cart to give you the dim sum and so but simultaneously, there are four or five of these cards around. So you can just kind of get what you like and enjoy the dim sum. And when you go to a dim sum restaurant, what are the typical dishes that you will, you will order? Are there certain things that you would say that you get each time you go? That question would depend on the type of restaurant you go. Because if we do the full tradition, so if we stick to the tradition, let's say at Linhe, the cards they push out, the dim sum they push out, uh, you have no control over. So you have no idea what they push out. So you just kind of get whatever you can on those cards. On the other hand, if you go to uh, a modern Chinese restaurant, modern dim sum restaurant, pretty much like any restaurant, you just select what you want and they will serve it to you. But then you miss out uh, of the fun part where you get to pick from the cards. Because if you remember, uh, you and I had to go up to the cards and you kind of checked through different bamboo cages or oh, what is this what is this what is this and that in itself is quite a fun experience 
It seems like Lin Young, they really pride themselves on not changing their ways. Like they kind of do things the way that they've been done for a long time. Like the, the building itself looks quite old. Um, the clientele that they have in there. I remember when we went, there were a lot of uh, like more elderly people that were dining at the restaurant. And some of them, they came with their newspaper and they were just reading the newspaper and sipping tea. And it looked like it maybe was just a place where they regularly go just to hang out. Um, and so, you know, it seems um, very appropriate that they like to stick with the idea of just pushing the carts and not, you know, changing to cater to maybe what people are used to more and more nowadays, which is like you get the menu, you're able to choose what you want, but they kind of want to maintain that feeling of, um, of like, this is the way that we've been doing things for a long time and we're going to try to keep it that way. Would you say that's pretty accurate? Yeah, I'll say so. And the tradition is that dim sum, when you go have dim sum, you sit there for like three hours. And so what these old, I don't want to say old people, but what these people do is that they just take, they will read newspapers, they will sit there and they have like a dumpling and then they sit there for like an hour, they have another dumpling and they sit there for another hour. And so at the end of the day, maybe after like three hours, they'd only have like two dim sums. But when we were there, uh, so me, you, and two other friends, we had like 20 dim sums uh, just to put into context. So to- In like 20 minutes. In like 20 minutes, exactly. Cause we just want to do just get, just let's just eat and get out of here. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is a totally different culture. Uh, traditionally dim sum, when you go have dim sum, you sit there, you chat, you enjoy your tea. A lot of that is gone because nowadays our culture is all about being fast and being accessible and just kind of get straight to the point. Um, it's, it's, it's also a reflection on, on our current culture. So it is quite fun to visit these type of places just so that you could kind of take a deep breath in and enjoy your food as well, because maybe that's what we should do um, as, as people to kind of find that balance between not going too fast and kind of just enjoying a life. The next restaurant, another restaurant that we went to, it was a place called uh, Tung Po Kitchen. So this one wasn't a uh, dim sum style, but it was um, it was another place that you seem to, to highly recommend. We went there with a large group of us, kind of looked like a big food court, and it was like up on the second floor of a building, a busy street where there were other restaurants and things like that. Um, so how, how would you describe uh, Tung Po Kitchen? Yeah, uh, so if we would put in comparison the first place in Herring restaurant, uh, the dim sum place is more of a formal place. But the place we went to at night is more of a night market type thing. And, you know, 20 years ago, there were a lot of these around, but it was on the streets and it was outdoors. And because of different health and, and cleanness regulations, they now move a lot of these restaurants inside just because of hygienic purposes. Um, but what the restaurant resembles is that 20 years ago, we will be sitting outside on the streets uh, eating what we call Dai Pai Dong, which means that someone's just cooking for you on the spot. And it is perhaps not the cleanest thing, uh, traditionally speaking, but then you, you're going for that flavor, you're going for that taste, you're going for that vibe. Because what you'll find is that it is the total opposite of a dim sum place. Maybe a dim sum place, people are just reading, they're just chatting once in a while. It is loud, but not that loud. But once you get into the place you went to at night, Tompo Kitchen, you're gonna realize that the place is loud because everyone is talking really loudly. 
it is crowded and they're playing loud music and people are, if you can understand Cantonese, they're screaming, they're cussing, they're doing whatever, they're playing games. Um, but I would say the main, the main difference is that the nighttime place is more of like a party place in a way. It is a lot, a lot louder and yeah, it's quite fun. And I, I like to bring people there just so that we see different sides of Hong Kong. Uh, nowadays, this Tombow kitchen has moved to a place above the wet markets. So below the restaurants are two floors where they sell meat and vegetables and stuff. Um, but on the top floor is where they have four to five of these restaurants where there were, they, they all serve old fashioned Hong Kong food. So all the food you have there is traditional Hong Kong style, but it is not dim sum. Yeah, one of the things that I really remember about it, uh, I think we met there, it was in the evening, so it might have been around 9 p.m., I want to say. Um, and so I was walking from my Airbnb over to the restaurant to go meet up with you guys. You guys are already there. And so I had the address, and I saw the building, and it didn't look like anything was going on. Uh, but you had mentioned it was up on the second floor, so I was looking for, like, an escalator. So there's a couple of escalators that take you up. And then finally you get up here and on your way going up, you know, it doesn't seem like there's anything. Cause like you said, it was like meat market. So it's kind of closed down. There's not people down there, but then once you get up to that second floor, there's just so much energy and so much noise. Like the whole place is crowded. All the tables are filled and it's very lively and people are in big groups and having a really good time. So it was pretty cool to just kind of be in that um, atmosphere and just, kind of uh, feel like there was a lot of energy uh, in the room while you're having your dinner. So I remember that at the restaurant, we ordered quite a few dishes and, um, you know, all shared the dinner together. Uh, so what are some of the dishes that you usually order there? Or do you have any uh, favorites that you like to order? Yeah, in Hong Kong, usually when we welcome guests, um, traditionally speaking, Hong Kong, Hong Kong cuisine, we do a lot of seafood because we're right next to the bay and seafood is quite accessible. So whenever we host guests from outside, uh, there's usually plenty of seafood, uh, such as clams, shrimps, uh, crabs, and maybe even lobster, um, some abalone, and just different shell food. And, and I think that day we ordered more fried food just to cater to a lot of our guests visiting overseas. Um, because if we look at again traditional Hong Kong style food, we steam a lot of things and then we add soy sauce on top of it. Um, but that day we we ordered a lot more fried food just to cater to guests coming from overseas. Yeah, I, I remember the dinner was good. Um, we had a good variety, and it helps when you're in a big group like that, so you can get um, a lot of different dishes. And uh, I know that was one of the meals that stood out to me. Um, that week that I was in Hong Kong and then another restaurant that we went to, I think it was the last day that I was there was an Italian restaurant. And I think it was not too far from Lin Hyung, like in a similar part of the city and that restaurant, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but I think it was called peachy or peaky. Yeah, peachy. Uh, what, what is that restaurant like? And is that a place that you've uh, been to a lot in the past? Yeah. Well, first of all, we, uh, for all the listeners out there, we have to let you know that for the first two restaurants that we talked about, uh, the Linhe restaurant and Tombo Kitchen, we shared our food. So the, the reason why Andrew could try 10 or eight to nine dishes is because here in Hong Kong, we like to share our food. So you just kind of put 
or the food on a table and just you just grab whatever you want. Um, but now when we get to Fiji, we get back to that Western style of eating, uh, of dining where we have our own food. And Fiji is a place that I, I, I love going. Um, they're known for their homemade pasta. And what I love the about the restaurant is that number one, the pasta texture is is awesome because for me personally, um, I like my I like my pasta a bit chewy uh, because I think that that te- I I just like that texture myself. I prefer that texture, so I love it when when the pasta is chewy. And number two, um, for me, the amount of sauce on the pasta is essential because I, I tell the story with my friends all the time. Um, back when I was in university, I had a good friend and we once went to, we once went to a fast food restaurant and he was having some fries. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, let's have some fries. And there I, I don't prefer ketchup on my fries because I, I like to enjoy my fries. But my, the friend who was with me, <laughs> he, he he used one of those soft, uh, soft drinks lids, uh, those large lids, and he just kind of filled it up with ketchup, the whole thing. So if you if you look at the size of your palm, that whole thing was filled with ketchup, and that's how much ketchup he had for fries. And for every <laughs> single for for every dip the fry in into the sauce, and then uh, and then he would bring it out. And so I was I was amused by. The amount of sauce that he had and i asked him why he was eating the fries or was he really uh eating the sauce um and i wonder what friend was that yeah that was uh my friend andrew who is actually the host of this show <laughs> uh i i do remember that yeah it was uh it, it was the uh, the way that i used to like to do things when i would go to the fast food restaurant go heavy on the ketchup uh when eating fries and i've dialed it back since that time i think uh maybe your reaction had something to do with that and um made me uh decide not to use so much ketchup but um but yeah we, it, we definitely yeah. uh, were able to observe each other's food habits when we were in college yeah so based on my experience i i uh i really care about how much sauce there is in my food and so i think peachy they have uh the perfect blend of sauce and pasta uh, so where you have enough sauce to have a good pasta but where you don't have too much sauce where it just becomes too saucy so for me you know pasta i mean peachy um has great pasta because of that and i was pretty impressed with the neighborhood that um peachy was in because i also was walking around a little bit before we met up for lunch and i remember i went to go get a coffee and then i was walking down a couple of streets that just had like so many international restaurants, like there was this Italian restaurant, there was like an Argentine restaurant, there was like a Portuguese restaurant, um, just so many uh, foods from all over the world. And I think that was one thing that kind of impressed me or, you know, maybe was something that I wasn't expecting before I went to Hong Kong was just the variety of the food and so much of the international influence. Because I definitely was thinking about the Chinese food that I would get to try when I go to visit. And like we just mentioned, we went to a really good dim sum place. We went to the Tung Po kitchen where there was a lot of good seafood that's local to the area. And I was also excited to try a lot of noodles, but at the same time, um, it's cool to see all these international options and the Italian restaurant that we went to was like so good. I remember 
being really impressed with that. So that was um, that was an interesting thing to walk around the neighborhood and see all the international food options. Yeah, I think that's another feedback that I get when people are visiting. When people come to visit Hong Kong, they're usually blown away by how much English there is. Or uh, I, I guess when people visit Asia, a lot of times they, they don't see much English or people aren't that proficient in English. But for us in Hong Kong, English is also uh, an, an official language. And then, as a matter of fact, a lot of the street names in Hong Kong are English street names. So their names in Chinese actually does not make sense because it's just a literal translation of the English name. Um, so yeah, there's there's plenty of international food around and the area that we were in, it's called Central. Um, that's kind of the central area or the finance, financial district of Hong Kong. That's where the stock exchange is. That's where um, all the investment, all the major investment banks, their headquarters are there. And um, the, the major bar area, uh, Lan Kui Fong, is also there. And as a result, you know, places like Lin Heng or places like Pichi or the Argentinian steakhouse that you talked about, or even Portuguese food, they're all there uh, just because that area is so diverse and it's, it's, it's awesome. So earlier we were talking about 11 Westside. It's a Mexican restaurant in Hong Kong. Um, so I guess another question for you, where did you acquire your taste for Mexican food? Like, was there a particular restaurant that you went to that kind of got you interested in trying more Mexican food? And when did that interest come about for you? Yeah. Uh, back to that college conversation, uh, I was in Indiana for four years and in the second year I had a roommate, uh, who was half American, half Mexican or at least a portion Mexican, uh, but also American, whatever. And uh, I still remember back back in the day, uh, he would go to this taco place that is near our apartment. And he would invite me to go because he's like, oh, hey, the tacos are great there. And I don't remember the name of the place, but all I remember is that the entrance just looks sketchy. I mean, it's like, it just looks dirty and the, the interior is dark. Uh, so the two things combined, I have rejected his offers on numerous occasions and I never felt bad about it either. So, um, <laughs> the, so, so, so after, after the whole year, I still uh, have, have not gone to that restaurant. Uh, fast forward to the fourth year, um, I'm living with that person again, and this time uh, there's another Mexican person in, in our household, so there are four of us, uh, and now there are two people with Mexican influence, or Mexican influence, and I think just out of the blue, one day uh, we were trying some uh, American-Mexican food, uh, so back then I was, I was, I was quite into fajitas, because I think it's quite nice to be eating from a sizzling hot plate, and that you can wrap your food inside a tortilla, and just eat it, for me that, that is quite appealing, but I think one day someone was like, oh, maybe we should try some authentic Mexican food, uh, so we went to a restaurant called, is it called Juanitas, I think it's called Juanitas, in Bloomington, and that changed my life, guys, that changed my life, because at that moment, when I had my first taste of corn tortilla, dude, uh, that experience, I don't know, it's hard to describe by words, but it was quite mind blown. I was quite mind blown because I, I must apologize to all the Mexicans out there that I had underestimated how delicious Mexican food could be. And, and I think that day it was kind of like an enlightenment of how, how great Mexican cuisine can be. 
so Juanita's was was kind of a starting point for you. Uh, the re- the other restaurant that you mentioned it was called the Azteca Market, and that was on the east side of campus. But unfortunately, by the time our uh, senior year rolled around, that uh, restaurant had closed down, and so um, that's why myself and our other roommate Nasiel Rodriguez and and you we would go to Juanita's to go get some food. And I remember Juanita's was good. Um, but you and I have also had a chance to, uh, go try some other Mexican restaurants since that time. Uh, so we've met up in LA a few times cause your brother was going to school down there. And, um, and, you know, since I live in California, it was a good place to meet up. So we went to, uh, a taco place called Wisados, which is in LA. It's kind of near, uh, Dodger stadium and echo park area. And then another year, we went to a place called uh, Chichen Itza, which is located near the USC campus. And that was another good Mexican restaurant. So we've had a chance to try a few different places and, um, you know, continue to uh, explore that interest that you have in Mexican food. So uh, hopefully next time I'm in Hong Kong, maybe we can go to 11 West Side. And if you uh, come to San Francisco sometime, we'll keep on uh, checking out some different uh, Mexican restaurants. So we covered a lot of topics today. We talked through uh, your featured restaurant, 11 West Side, the Mexican restaurant in Hong Kong. We talked through some of the different restaurants that we went to when I was in Hong Kong this past year in September, and also um, discussed your interest in Mexican food and some memories that we had from college when we were living together and uh, some of the different food we explored in Bloomington, as well as places after we left college. Um, so is there anything else that you wanted to share about the food in Hong Kong or about, um, things in Bloomington or, or anything like that? Well, no, just got a, uh, a, an observation and, and a comment I would like to make, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's such a blessing in a way uh, to see that you have kind of, you're so courageous in trying different foods and, and that you now have a podcast that's on different food. And, you know, for me, that's very respectable because I think a lot of people, sometimes we, we just kind of go to our go-to food and we have our preference. You know, while that is okay, uh, that the truth is that in the world, there are a lot of great food out there that is worth exploring. And so, you know, I really admire you for uh, setting up such a space for you to share with others your experience, because I think that inspires others to kind of step out of their comfort zone and just to try more new food. So great stuff. I appreciate that. That's really good to hear. And it, it means a lot, especially, uh, especially coming from you. Cause when I was in Hong Kong, you, uh, I got from the airport, drove me around in your car. Uh, you paid for all the meals. Like you kind of, uh, rolled the red carpet up for me and showed a lot of really good hospitality. So, uh, you know, the reason I'm able to, try new foods and, and explore things is, um, you know, because of having great friends, great friends like you. So, you know, thank you, uh, as well for everything during that trip. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so it was a good episode. Um, wasn't expecting, uh, the shout out at the end, but I appreciate it. Um, so thank you so much, Andy, for, uh, coming on and, and recording the podcast today. All right. Nice talking to you. And thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode and we'll see you next time.